Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, I have on Toby Passman. He's a neuropsychology, no, psychology researcher who is learning how emotions relate to changes in the key brain networks. Toby has since worked in the substance abuse and mental health fields. Toby, welcome. But first, I already told you, I'm going to mispronounce a lot of these words. You're 10 times smarter than me. That's why this, this episode is going to be great because I'm learning too. But what's going on, Toby? How the hell are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, for sure. So we were going over this, your company. Let's, how about we explain a little bit like what you do and what you went to college for? Because it's sure. very interesting and everything has the word neuro in it. But there's the extra words. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Yep. Yep. So yeah. So neurophysiology researcher, I guess you could say is my official title. And I, yeah. So in college I started studying, well, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do in college. So I came in as a business major and realized that there was no way I was going to get through those hour and 50 minute lectures, you know, for four years. So I, uh, yeah, started like exploring a little bit and I ended up taking this biopsychology class that really blew my mind where we were learning like how, how the brain actually works on a biological level, like the chemicals and electricity. And I realized that we could actually measure the electrical activity of the brain with the technology called an EEG, which is short for an electroencephalogram. If people have ever seen the, like a swim cap looking thing with like a bunch of electrodes on it, that's basically the technology that I've been working with for several years and realized that What's even cooler, uh, more so than just being able to collect that EEG data, is that we're actually able to modify the EEG. Uh, you can actually change the electrical activity of a person's brain through neuromodulation. So that's that's kind of the field that I've since gotten into and become really fascinated by is like how we can actually rewire the brain by changing the electrical rhythms. Like change what exactly? Because I feel like you're in the process of becoming a supervillain with that type of technology. So you like, what, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm nervous already, but like, what, like, how do you, what does that translate into? So we'd measure, say, if you were to come in and we're, you know, we're going to do an assessment, we're going to do a brain map. So a brain map is basically you use an EEG, we collect the electrical data and it'll show up as, uh, as brain waves. So we're able to see, uh, which areas of your brain are producing either healthy quantities of a different brain wave? Are they overproducing? Are they underproducing a certain wave? And basically, so so these brain waves, I guess to back up a little bit, the brain waves, so they're they're divvied up based on their frequency. So how how often are they occurring? So you have the slowest of the brain waves being delta. And that's seen in really deep restorative sleep. You're just completely unconscious. You're producing lots of delta. Theta is a bit faster, kind of the bridge between the kind of conscious and subconscious mind. It's kind of a kind of a dreamy sort of hypnagogic sort of state, uh, kind of deep meditative state. And we have alpha, which is a bit faster, kind of an idling rhythm of the brain, really important for like deep focus, relaxation. 
And then beta is kind of the the fastest of the brainwaves you usually talk about that's pretty involved in just our normal kind of cognitive processing, thinking about things, you know, you and I producing mostly beta, probably having this interaction right now, the listeners, you know, paying attention to this conversation, probably producing mostly beta brainwaves. So basically what the, the brain map allows us to do, you know, is, is to assess all of these different brain waves, and then we can work with different technologies to modify either, either decrease or increase uh, activity in one of the different brain waves, uh, specific areas of the brain, depending on what each person needs. The brain map kind of provides a roadmap. A couple things is the the beta of me paying attention. I was always nervous about come, having people come on that are a lot smarter than me. But when we vibed and had our little meeting beforehand, I was like, dude, you break it down so easily that like I can pay attention. I have ADHD, so I'm all over the map. Like I'm so glued into this that I absolutely love it because the brain fascinates me so much because like how did how did you guys figure it out? Because back in the day, they would just open up heads like, oh, there's a brain. Now you're you're talking about like Delta, Alpha. Um, beta. No, I don't think there's an alpha, but um, there is. Yeah, being called a beta is kind of tough. So I was hoping to be called an alpha, but that's right. How it is. So, right. how was it with like the history of it all to from like that changing to get to like EEGs? Um, like, what year did that start? It was, I believe. You know, it's funny. I I had been saying like the 1930s, but then I was like, I needed to fact check myself because I kept saying it on all these podcasts. I was like, was it actually the 1930s? So I just looked this morning, it's 1929. That was the first EEG recording was done by this uh, this German psychologist, Hans Berger. And so, so right. we've known, yes, yeah, so we've known that we can, uh, we know that the brain has is, runs on electricity since then. You know, it's like we, we commonly talk more in like the, the media, you know, talks more about like the chemicals, right? Like dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, all the, the neurochemicals that, that go into, you know, how the brain communicates with itself. But the electrical side of things is, I think, a little bit less appreciated. But yeah, I mean, it's been around, been around since the, you know, 1929 and the technology's just gotten better and better. But yeah, it's, it's a great way. It's a non-invasive way where we don't actually have to cut someone's head open, but you know, we yeah. just kind of wipe off your scalp with, with an alcohol wipe and a little bit of abrasive paste and, and then put one of these swim caps on you. And we're able to record the, the electrical activity of the brain that basically emanates up to the scalp and we're able to pick up those little signals. So yeah, it's, it's a technology. It's, it's been around for a minute. They always say you got to break some eggs. Uh, how was it you think when they first started this? Like how many how many failures went into this? Probably a lot. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they probably had no clue what was going on. Yeah, a lot of test dummies that were getting paid like ten cents, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll come in and help you," and then just they turned dead. <laughs> well, they I know they would experiment like on like frogs and like other like you know animals and stuff, like recording like to see like that they have the electrical activity like. Because they can kind of mess with those things in ways that we wouldn't be as cool with messing in humans, right? I in just those pic- ways, you know. <laughs> I, I picture a little shower cap on a frog now, with like all the wires coming out. Yeah. <laughs> now you must have used this for yourself. What were the pros of it, and were, is there any cons that come with this um, going into it? Like, what was your experience if you had this? Actually, doing a brain map like on myself. Yeah. 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 I've done multiple. Uh, more than I can count, probably. But uh, 
yeah, it's, it's not, there's not really any con per se. Um, you know, it's just, it's not actually like a treatment in any way. It's not delivering anything to your brain. It's simply assessing what your brain is already doing. So it, I think is just really informative. Like it, it sort of helped me, uh, have a bit more clarity as far as like, you know, certain things, like I've always had like kind of, I don't want to say like real memory problems, but just kind of like I would always score and like the highest like scores for like attention and focus, like, you know, playing those brain training games, but my memory was always like not quite up to par and that now it was kind of reflected in some, some things that I saw on the brain map. And also like verbal fluency was something like I've, I used to always struggle with like word finding and I'd just be like having a conversation with someone and just being like, like, so in my head, just trying to figure out what the word was that I'm thinking of and, yeah, and just all over the place. So, so I, I found an area of the brain in my brain map that was producing, uh, kind of too slow, of, uh, brain activity and was actually able to speed that up with neurostimulation and really improved my verbal fluency, like so much so that it was like, I could like start the stimulation on myself and like be on a phone call with someone and I'd be like, you know, struggling, trying to find words. And like, by the end of it, I'm like playing a game on my computer, or on my phone or whatever, not even paying attention to the conversation, just speaking completely fluently. So it was like, I don't know, the, the brain map to me was, is just like a great way to like, see, like, uh, like, see, you, you know, it kind of tells you in a way who you are. I mean, in the sense, it's like, it helps you, I think, understand certain things of like, why, why I am the way I am. And yeah, I think for anyone who's open to exploring that, it's it's definitely a good thing. I'm definitely you, in, I, I'm definitely wanting gonna, to do that, but keep yeah. going. I was just gonna say that like the only con I could think of, you know, is like sometimes like people, especially at the substance abuse and, and mental health place that I was working at, you know, like you know, they're they've been messing with their brains yeah. for a long period of time. So the dysregulation would be like pretty significant. So it, it could look really bad. So it's like that could scare people a little bit, you know, the only con I could really think of, but it's like, I'd always make sure to emphasize that it's like the brain has this capacity to change and rewire itself. So no matter how bad it looks today, that's not, you know, that's, that's just, it's just a pinpoint in time. It's like our brains are constantly changing with, with, you know, kind of the environment that we're in the, in, our internal environment, what we take into our body with food and drugs and, you know, everything. So yeah, it's kind of, uh, I think, I think a great tool. Yeah. It sounds like I, I, I do the word thing too. I can't think of one. You're like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And you just drive yourself even crazy. Yeah. So I need that as well. Then what games are you playing on your phone? What's your go-to game on your phone? Yeah. What, do you have any brain games or what? Mm, I, there's, there's a thing called Lumosity, like one of those brain training things I got into, but I don't know nowadays, like I'll just play Tetris. I love Tetris. I'm I love addicted. Tetris. Old school Tetris because you're a little bit younger yeah. than me. I still have the Nintendo I think Tetris. So. Oh man, I I may have played that at some point. I had it a Nintendo. Yeah, that was like my first console, a Nintendo 64. Oh, see, I, I mean, I was like straight up regular Nintendo. I got Nintendo thumbs. I got okay. like permanent arthritis, so maybe we can <laughs> fix that too. Now, what does the brain map exactly look like? If you had to paint a picture for somebody that's like thinking about that, how would you yeah. paint that? So it would show up as like um basically uh these different kind of heat maps like these 2d sort of uh maps of the brain and then it'll show 
uh, sort of the dysregulation as with like lighter colors indicating underactivity. So, and the, the like say solid blue being the most significant underactivity, uh, kind of lighter blue being a bit kind of more moderate to, to mild underactivity. And then on the flip side of things, you'd see the warmer colors indicating overactivity with sort of yellow and orange being mild to moderate, and then red being very significant overactivity. So kind of you'd see these, these different heat maps, and it would be broken down by each frequency. So we'd, we'd assess delta, theta, alpha, and beta usually. And we're wanting to see, are you producing healthy quantities of those different brain waves in the correct location of the brain? So for instance, like alpha is one that we it, it's usually generated mostly from the back of the head, um, from the back of the brain. So it's good to have a lot of alpha in the kind of the back of your brain. But if you have a lot of frontal alpha, that's often linked with like difficulty paying attention. Oftentimes, if you are kind of a, a chronic weed smoker and, you know, that that can produce kind of this like lung kind of frontal alpha where you're just a bit kind of hazy and inattentive. But the devil's lettuce, the devil's lettuce. It does. It's interesting. That's one of the one of the most interesting things that I found in like the because like with they, they've researched like the EEG technology with all sorts of different drugs, right? You know, like yeah. the effects that drugs have on the EEG. And one of the things that they found with, with weed is that it produces like, it's like for three days after, like, like you could, you could get high. And then for three days after there's an increased frontal, uh, frontal alpha power. So even like, yeah, it's like this lasting effect, maybe something to do with how it stays in your body or something, but. So you have people test drugs, you have people test drugs for this test drugs. Yeah, like if they like, go in, like are you like being like, hey, we're gonna smoke some weed today or, or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, not in not in like a professional uh, sense, right. I guess. All right, um, pulling people but, off I mean, the they, street. <laughs> well, I mean, they've done that. I mean, that must have been how they did all these research studies, where they they assessed, yeah, the effects of all all types of different drugs. But I'm well, su- like, what what I'm super in, like excited to see going forward is like what what they start finding like with different psychedelics because those have been less studied like with the EEG just because there's not like the funding from like big pharma and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's like when people are having these like profound like changes and insights and they're meeting God and stuff like what, what is exactly going on with the electrical activity of the brain. So that's an area. Yeah. Put that thing on their head and they're tripping balls. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously, it'd be fascinating. Like, yeah, study that. That's uh, that's super funny. And I, I, I feel like this is a, a big question that everyone always asks and they hear it. I feel like it, it is like a lie. You only use 10% of your brain. Have you heard that before? And how accurate is that? I have. And it's, it's, I, I never understand like the percentages or how they even like try to come up with those. Cause it's like, I think like you're, you're constantly like, we're, we're always using a like different parts of our brains and different situations and scenarios. Like for instance, like in order for me to have this like conversation with you, I'm tuning out, you know, the, the light that I'm seeing what's on my kitchen table, you know, looking outside and seeing this, like there's so much that I can perceive at one time. There's so much going on at all times. Our brain actually like filters out a lot of that stuff. So it's almost like, the the ability to like 
people want to like use like, you know, more and more of their brain, but it's like the brain actually does a really good job of like selectively like saying, all right, we're going to pay attention to this and everything else. We're going to just like filter out so we could, we could actually like get things done. And, you know, so yeah, I, I think it's just like different parts of the brain are being activated uh, based on kind of what, what we're trying to get done. If, if we're trying to sleep, there's certain brain areas that are going to be more active and certain electrical frequencies that are going to be more dominant than when we wake up. And, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's any validity though. Whenever someone says, whenever they give some percentage of, you know, how much of the brain we use, it's not, it's not rooted in any like legitimate neuroscience. And you got to think too, it's like, if that was the case, people's percentages would be totally different. It's like the people that like juggle chainsaws and like do a bunch of stuff. It's like, I can't pay attention to that many things, even though my mind's going like a mile a minute. I just think that's funny. And I, I felt like that was not accurate when I was asking, I was like, there's no way they would know that. But the thing is like you, you mentioned like the juggling chainsaws, it's like, and it, it looks crazy to us, right? Like, cause we don't know how to do that, but because of the brain's like neuroplasticity, like those chainsaw jugglers, they probably had the, they, they were probably like us at one point before they started doing this. And it's like, you know, however they're training, I don't know, like gradually stepping up or whatever. I don't know how the training process works for that, but, but it's like, it just speaks to like, like those people have probably been doing that for so long. It's become so like, like there's so much uh, sort of neural resources that are being committed to that uh, to that action, that activity that they're just able to probably do it without too much thinking and be be able to like, wow, people like you and I who, who haven't, but it, it it's like a trainable skill, you know, for, for anyone. It's, um, it is funny. It's like the brain map would be like, you're a chainsaw thrower. It's like, oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, to move to the side of like mental health, like how does that incorporate with mental health? Like say, are you, not diagnosing, but like you see in certain things, like if you, if someone came in with like bipolar or ADHD, could you tell mm -hmm. that by the brain map? And like, would it be similar to a different person, but with the same mental health issue? Yeah. Yeah. So addressing ADHD first, I would say there's, there's a great marker that is being used. It actually, so most of the brain map is not like a diagnostic tool, but, but one thing that one marker that they actually found is so so good at predicting whether someone has ADHD is something called the theta to beta ratio. So theta, we talked about being kind of one of those slower brain waves, really important for like deep relaxation, um, kind of meditative, sort of uh, just a deep brainwave state. And then beta being that faster one that's really important for, for thinking and cognitive processing. So basically the theta to beta ratio is looking at you know, the balance between kind of the, the, the fast beta waves and the slower theta waves. And what they find is when there's a theta to beta ratio greater than three to one, meaning someone has three times as much or, or more than three times as much theta brain waves compared to their beta brain waves, that's pretty predictive of ADHD. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we are able to, you know, look at with each brain map. And oftentimes, 
also kind of, so, you know, we'll just see, see deficits in beta activity, especially in kind of the frontal part of the brain, especially the prefrontal cortex, which is really important for, you know, attention and being able to pay attention, you know, uh, focus on things for long periods of time and plan and, and all that sort of executive functioning that's somewhat compromised in ADHD. You talked about bipolar. That's, that's actually a really interesting one because they've, they've done studies uh, with the brain maps, like showing, you know, showing someone's brain in like a manic phase versus like a depressive phase. And it's like, it looks like two completely different brains. Like truly it's like in one of them, the brains all like lit up in the, the faster frequencies. And then, you know, during the manic phase and then the depressive phase, it's like, there's the overproduction of the slower frequencies and it's just com looks completely different. So that's a, like, a, I think kind of a, a difficult one to, to study and assess because like, it's like there, there's so much change going on in that person's brain for whatever reason, you know, just the, the swings. Yeah. Uh, I have bipolar too. So you just scared the shit out of me that my brain not <laughs> turns differently. Um, I mean, it, yeah, the, the activity of the brain for sure is reflected like during the, like, like a person's experience of those, drastic mood swings is definitely validated by the electrical data that we're seeing. Like it really is different. When you see that on the, on the map and what is the next step? It's like you, you rewire it to a point. It's like, what are you doing? Like you just connect in different lines. Like how does that work when you're helping somebody? Yeah. So, so there's some different technologies that are kind of in our toolkit. So we have neurofeedback, which is basically where someone still has that same EEG cap on, but they're basically now playing like a, a game with their mind. Uh, so basically what's happening is like, say you'd be watching like a movie and as your brain produced more or less of whatever. So, so basically say you have too little, uh, too, too little beta production and we're wanting to increase the the production of those fast beta brain waves we might put you on a protocol a neurofeedback protocol where you would see the screen get larger or if it's audio you'd hear the tones get louder as your brain produced more beta brain waves and then say your brain say you start daydreaming that's usually when you start shifting into a slower kind of alpha state then you would lose that reward so you'd see the screen get smaller or the tones get quieter so hence the feedback part of that it's like directly telling your brain like okay good job you're doing doing well or you know no you need to sort of change and go back to what you were doing to be getting the reward so that's that's neurofeedback what i'm more excited about because it, it kind of delivers more of a punch uh, in a shorter period of time. It kind of delivers better, faster results with, with less time and effort is neurostimulation. So this isn't what people might be thinking of when I say neurostimulation, like the electrical shocks and yeah, shocking yeah. someone's brain, like the, you know, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest or whatever, Yeah, you know, um, this is like a much more low intensity electrical stimulation. Like it just feels like mild tingling will put anywhere between like two to six electrodes along your scalp and stimulate certain brain waves that we're seeing are deficient in based on, it's all based off what we're seeing in that brain map. So neurostimulation is a super cool technology that it's a little less uh, less utilized the neurofeedback right now, 
uh, at least in like clinical application, but I think is like a much more powerful gun, if you will. I like to ask a lot of questions because I was that kid in high school that would ask dumb questions. I I always heard red red brain and blue brain. Do you know what I'm talking about with that? Like I right, don't. Okay, I, don't. I always heard like the right side and left side was like, oh, like right the right it was like right right or left or something like that. See this these are why I ask yeah. these questions. So like, well, there's yeah, there's definitely like like people talk about like more right brain stuff or left yeah. brain stuff. Yeah, the right right brain yeah is is more involved in kind of creative um uh kind of the the left brain is sort of more logical and the the right brain is much more creative i guess is like a drastic oversimplification like both hemispheres of the brain are involved in tons of different uh activities and oftentimes it's like the communication between both hemispheres that enables you know something to be done but but yeah it, it, there there does tend to be that like where like, you know, someone with more left brain tendencies is more like analytical. You could think of like a computer programmer maybe is, is activating more of their left brain, whereas, you know, a creative writer is, is more so kind of right brain dominant, you could say. I feel like mine is just like a snake that comes back in and out then. That would make that's, it. That, that's what you want though, is to be able to like weave back in and out between the two. It's like, there's actually the the band of fibers that connects the two hemispheres of the brain called the, the corpus callosum. And that's actually, uh, they found that the strength of that, uh, that, that sort of strip is really tied to like a lot of aspects of, of how well our brains are performing. So it's like our ability to sort of get information in, you know, back and forth between the two hemispheres. So it's actually, that's actually a really good thing to be able to hop because it's like think about it it's like some some tasks it's like require us to like be really organized and and logical and then other tasks we need to tap into more our more creative side so it's it's good to be able to access both kind of parts both hemispheres of the brain earlier we were talking about like the health side of it is there like any brain food that would help your brain like like yeah. certain food what would be something good for somebody that's like you know what i'm going to try to be smarter here so the first thing is to remove a certain food, which is sugar, which is a favorite of mine. I've always had a sweet tooth, but sugar is absolutely terrible for every cell in the body, but particularly uh, neurons, brain cells do not like excessive sugar, either in the short term or, or long run causes problems. Even natural so, sugar? Um, You mean like like with like fruits and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, fructose. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as like table sugar, but still uh what's so what's the much more preferable fuel source uh for the brain is ketones which are basically the the brain um the body uh burning fat for fuel so there's been this like long long kind of history of like us you know kind of had, having like what it like the food pyramid right where it's like you know we're supposed to eat all these like whole grains and carbs right, and right. bread and stuff it's like that's completely opposite of what you want to do for for your brain health like you want to eat plenty of good fats like avocados coconut oil um you know butter uh just just uh trying to think what else chocolate dark chocolate's great oh so yeah. yeah yeah i mean like good tasty foods i mean bacon like that's a, another one like just getting getting good fats are essential um a lot i mean most of your brain actually is composed of fat so like the myelin sheaths that insulate your neurons 
uh, are, are composed in, like uh, entirely of fat. So the, it actually requires, it's reliant on healthy fat uh, from our diet to actually function optimally. So the, the whole like, you know, like eat tons of carbs and like, oh, fat's terrible. Like that's completely backwards. And, really? Have you ever had yeah. bacon uh, dipped in chocolate? Man, I don't know if I have. Oh, that's the way to go. You that sounds probably, amazing. You could probably do it with uh, with dark chocolate, right? Yeah. Um, is, it, is, it, is it like like while the is, is the chocolate like melted or no? It's kind it, of. I think you you create it and you let it sit out so it's a little hard on the ooh. on the end there. So yeah, yeah. No, that's money. that's that's a brain healthy snack right there. Seriously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to shift over to maybe like a little bit of CTE. Like obviously, I feel like you can you can see that. Is there any way to help somebody with CTE by any chance? Like somebody like a Chris Benoit or like an Aaron Hernandez that if you saw that earlier that you can hopefully maybe rewire it or is this kind of mm-hmm. like shit? Like this is kind of a lost cause now. No, I mean, it's, it's the worse, the, 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 the further something like a neurodegenerative thing. So like CTE being a neurodegenerative condition, you know, caused by, by like repeated trauma to the head. It's something like, you know, it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, kind of the, the best opportunity to treat it is going to be in the early stages. You know, once it progresses to like, you know, like full blown kind of dementia and, you know, then, then that can be pretty, pretty darn hard to reverse. But right now, I mean, someone, someone like Aaron Hernandez, I mean, that, that's someone who's young still, who's obviously, who obviously took tons of blows, vicious blows to the head. And yeah, yeah. And, and yeah it's like that is definitely able to be, um, to be helped at least, you know, so different like nutrients can, uh, can play a big role, like, uh, like a, like certain antioxidants, making sure to like, uh, like fish oil, using a lot of like fish oil. Uh, there's a supplement called, called N-acetylcysteine, uh, like vitamin C, uh, there's alpha lipoic acid, there's there's a study done by the Amen Clinics, which is like a big psychiatric. Uh, uh, they have a bunch of like psychiatric clinics, and the the lead doctor there, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, has has they did studies with some pro like like former NFL players who were had some some of these symptoms, and they found that utilizing like a supplement that contained all of those ingredients that I just just mentioned, just a dietary supplement that actually significantly they showed significant improvements in their brain scans uh, after, you know, I think like, I don't know if it was like four weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, something, but a relatively, a relatively short amount of time, there was a lot the brain could actually do to heal itself given the right inputs and absolutely neurofeedback. I think neurostimulation definitely also have a big role that they can, they can play. I, I wouldn't ever call one of those, like a, you know, it's not, it's not like the panacea or like the, like the one, you know, thing that's going to cure everything. But I think it's a great like tool in sort of the a mental health or brain health toolkit. So like neurostimulations, great at improving blood flow and oxygen to, uh, delivery to the brain, which is often compromised when someone's had a lot of head injuries, there's actually insufficient blood flow, insufficient oxygenation uh, to, to the brain areas that were damaged. So, so that can actually start help, help the brain actually start healing itself. And I think like, yeah, that this, this technology could play a huge role, I think in, in, 
both like athletes who are still, you know, competing like boxers, NFL players, you know, to like maybe recover quicker, just not have as much long-term damage, but then also, you know, the, the ex NFL players, the ex athletes who, who are dealing with some of the, the symptoms of CT. I think it, there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there. So it's something like, REM are you are you any well versed in that like I know a little bit about it like there's four stages then you hit REM and then like if you get woken up in that stage that's when you're like super groggy like do you deal with that at all that's not my area of expertise I mean REM is definitely uh, an important part of the sleep cycle like rapid eye what it stands for is like rapid eye movement where your Mm -hmm. eyes are kind of twitching back and forth during that stage Um, and there's yeah there's a lot of regenerative restorative things that happen in REM, but also deep sleep, uh, probably being the, 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 the ideal kind of component when it comes to, you know, for the brain, when really a lot of the, the actions that take place that, that really kind of clear out kind of all the, the debris and damage accumulated throughout the day, uh, is really occurring in that deep, in those deeper sleep stages. I was going to ask a couple of questions. So you might not know, do we dream in color or black and white? Do you know? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think, I don't know. (laughs) I've Um, I've heard like different theories and stuff that you, when you dream that you don't see somebody's face, unless you saw it like publicly, like you don't generate faces in your own dreams. Like it comes from somebody that you saw on the road or shit. Again, I'm just some idiot. So I'm just like, don't listen to me. (laughs) No, I mean, that it makes sense. Well, cause it makes sense. It's like, I mean, anything that it's like in our dream or our imagination, it had to have been like something that we saw in real life, right? I mean, maybe, maybe people are producing unique things, but I feel like it has to at least be like a, like a variation on something that, that they either saw in the real world or in a movie or TV, you know, I feel like everything it's like, there's nothing that's like truly like brand new. You know, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's dreaming's kind of fucking weird. You know, you just go to sleep for eight hours, wake up, you're like, I had a dream, and you just go with your life that it wasn't weird at all. Right. Um, it's like we don't pay any like in, in our culture. It's like we we like dismiss dreaming for the most part. It's like yeah, unless you, know, you have like a like, deja vu uh, like thing, and it's like um, like I always thought too. It's like. It was always like a like one of those like inventions that would like never happen. It's like you can like choose your own dreams, and everyone was like, you know what? It would be cool to like join dream with people. Like, I feel like if we're working on EGGs, I feel like that could be the next step. Like, it's the fucking Matrix or some shit. Yeah, invent it, invent it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about your company real quick, and uh, I won't take up too much of your time. So, Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro. Let's start with what's the what's the name about? And then what the company is about. So Roscoe's wetsuit, nothing to do with surfing. It's it's kind of an obscure reference to a, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist Childish Gambino. Yep. Yeah. So he had this album because the internet and there was this uh, screenplay that went along with the album. And in the screenplay, there was like the, the main character comes across the words Roscoe's wetsuit. Like it'd be like graffitied under a bridge or you just like find it in random places. And the whole time he's like pondering, like, what the hell does this mean? At the end of the screenplay, he comes across this kid in a cafe who's like, you know, scribbling it on a napkin and he confronts the kid. He's like, finally, I'm going to get to know like what Roscoe's wetsuit is. And he's, you know, he asks the kid and the kid's response is, I don't know. I just saw it online. 
So, so Roscoe's wetsuit actually means nothing, but it's also like a metaphor for like, just kind of like, I feel like our, I don't know what I got from the screenplay is like sort of a metaphor for like, just our, like our society of just like, you know, kind of following trends and whatever's cool and, and not really thinking for ourselves, which, which I hope to, to actually be able to inspire some original content and whatever with, you know, I originally, that was the name of my podcast, which came first before the company, but yeah, I, I put that, uh, that Roscoe's wetsuit. I thought it was just a, I don't know, a cool, a cool name. And that could be used for like, you know, it could just be like the base and then I could do Roscoe's wetsuit neuro Roscoe's wetsuit. You know, I hope maybe at one point to get into like the cannabis space, so Roscoe's wetsuit cannabis, you know, yeah. just have a good like base title. That's an absolute deep cut for a name. Like you went through so many different levels for that. I love it. Right. Travis Gambino is great. Dad, Donald Glover, right? Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's he brilliant. really is. Um, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, and one of the uh, DVDs that they have, um, he's in the crowd. Like they like filmed him, uh, and at the time it was like probably like 2005. Like he wasn't established yet, so it's just funny to really? go back and like they like predominantly like show him, and he's like just just ripping it. I'll send you the clip of wow. it because it is kind yeah. of. Cool. Um, so yeah, talk about a little bit about the company and then, uh, a follow-up to like, is this something that can be recommended by a doctor like professionally, or is it kind of just in that, in that realm of like, this is kind of like, you got to go and, and try it yourself. Like this is your decision. Yeah. So we're definitely peak performance and wellness oriented. So even though a lot of these technologies are being, they, they've been commonly used mostly by psychiatrists and neurologists, but you know, and I've worked under those sort of people in a clinical setting utilizing these technologies, but my passion, I think, lies more in sort of the peak performance and wellness space. So for people just looking to improve various aspects of their cognition, improve their focus, energy, mood, whatever it may be. Uh, so I, I am not, you know, just a disclaimer or whatever, I'm not a licensed psychologist, so I can't, even though... This, a lot of these technologies that we've been talking about and that I use have a lot of research that say that they improve various different psychiatric or neurological conditions. I can't claim to actually be treating right, any right. specific condition just because that's not my formal training. Great disclaimer. Um, Great disclaimer yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I do with the the company, so there's, there's coaching. We offer neurohealth coaching where you kind of help people implement, you know, whether it be changes to nutrition, their diet, exercise, you know, there's certain exercise uh, regimens or forms of exercise that have been shown in studies to be really optimal for the brain, uh, going into like supplement, uh, supplementation, sleep hygiene, uh, all these sort of different things, helping people to kind of formulate a, a kind of a, a plan uh, and, you know, uh, be able to implement these sort of changes uh, to their routine. So that's the coaching component, but the, the core of the business is offering like for, we start with doing brain maps as like the assessment. So we'll, we'll record brain maps. And then based on that, I'll devise a protocol, uh, which will consist of either neurostimulation or a feedback. There's a couple other technologies called audio visual entrainment or brain photobiomodulation, which are all mouthfuls to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so basically, I've you know put together sort of a you know the same way that your trainer might put together like a workout regimen. It's like, all right, we're going to do this on Tuesdays, we're going to do this on Thursdays. You know, I sort of do that 
put together sort of a brain training protocol for people. And then we do reassessments to see how that protocol is actually changing their brain. So we'll do another brain map and then compare to the first one or the previous one and see, okay, like for one, is someone actually uh, achieving the results that they're wanting to achieve? Are they improving whatever aspects of cognition they're looking to boost? And then does that also correlate with what we're seeing at the the electrical data is it looking better is the is it looking more uh more sort of regulated than previously right so yeah that's that's basically that uh that tech uh, or that that's kind of the the course of how we how we approach things so people in the miami and fort lauderdale area can actually order me well soon in i'll be starting this in november but they can actually order me to their door or their place of business and i will come and set you up with a brain map and do these different protocols so like a brain uh, escort pretty much exactly i mean i I was thinking more like massage or uh or like the iv vitamins and stuff but mine went to the gut instantly hey i mean yeah, that's that's another another in-home service, right? So, yeah, um, but yeah, so it's it's something that uh, I'm hoping to be able to like you know expand this where you know we'd have like neuro labs uh, or or neuro services, you know, to to just cover more and more like more cities, more of the country, because I think the the demand for this stuff is going to continue increasing. Like, you just look at like what's gone on with you know, the whole COVID situation, like the upticks of massive upticks of like depression and anxiety and people really realizing like, gosh, like mental health really is important. And, you know, the stigma, you know, hopefully slowly kind of reducing. So I think it's this, this kind of thing I see as sort of being more mainstream, even though people listening right now might be like, this guy's kind of wacky talking about all this crazy technology that i've never heard of but i wouldn't be surprised and you know within the next five ten years if this this becomes we start seeing like you know brain brain centers in the same way that you have you know gyms like people people find it pretty normal to work their bodies out at the gym so it's like why not why not the brain too exactly it's like if weed shops are popping up now it's like we get some egg uh, eeg uh some facilities that would go um and it's funny I, I, like there are like not the similar but there are things that like can help you like i've seen like athletes like use like the light thing to like help them out where it comes up um now there was one thing i tried and i think you tried it too was one of those like sleep chambers or like those floating like yeah those are ridiculous i took one and i felt like i was tripping without drugs i could see stuff but i didn't it's crazy how it's like so the sensory deprivation where it's like you know, you think about that, like what you said earlier about like, you know, like how much, like what percentage of the brain we use and stuff. And it's like, you think about all the things the brain constantly has to do, you know, we're, we're hearing, we're seeing, you know, all, all, all of our senses are constantly being engaged while we're awake. So it's like, you go in this chamber, and suddenly, you, you lose, you, you don't see anything, you're not hearing anything, you don't smell anything, your, your body, like you lose the, you, you forget that you even like have a body. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like the brain goes like it, some crazy stuff happens when you take away all 
of those senses, all of those things that the brain's constantly attending to. And it's like the, the brain can go in some crazy sort of directions when, when there's not all of those, those senses. My next question was going to be like, what's next for uh, Roscoe's wetsuit? But you pretty much already nailed it that you're going to, you're going to, are you going to Florida? Yeah. You're going to Florida Indeed. to be a brand escort. Is there anything else that you got on the horizon? Um, just continue, continuing with expanding the pot, uh, the podcast that I do. Um, what's the name? Hope, Say it again. So so it's, it's, there's a Roscoe's wetsuit neuro podcast. Easy enough. So I just, I already had the podcast when I did the company, I just had to nix the podcast off the end of it. And there you go. So, but, uh, I'm hoping to eventually be able to have like actual, like, uh, live, like studio audiences, like where I record, you know, the podcast in front of people and really, really take that to, to a whole nother level. I'm just interviewing the top, like neuroscience and psychology and mindset thought leaders and all sorts of cool people. So I'm definitely, definitely passionate about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not a, I'm not a judge a book by its cover type of guy, but I got to think that when you meet people and you tell them what they do, they're like, yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely <laughs> nothing against you, you at all. You're a beautiful man, but I feel like I would be yeah. like, yeah, this guy, this guy knows what he's, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a mixed response, but it's like, yeah. I mean, I think it's like once, once I sort of like, like, I feel like there's like this divide right between like, like people who are like, like neuroscientists, right. Like who are like studying certain genes or, or specific proteins. There's such a divide between like, if those people try to talk to like, if they're at a cocktail party or, or you know, whatever, and they're, they're trying to like explain what they do. Like there's such a great divide, but it's like, when I explain to people like, look, like with these brain maps, like, you, you know, you can sh- see like, you know, as we explained earlier, like the warmer colors indicating overactivity, the lighter colors. And like, like I can, it, it's, it's enough like it's, it's able to be translated enough to where people can be like, Oh, like I can see how this has like practical applications in my own life. So it's like, at that point, they're kind of intrigued, but that's why you're you're like a perfect guest because like you, I wouldn't say dumb it down, but you, you explain it so simple. And like, like, I don't want like those types of like eggheads or eggheads that we can say now is like when they just sprout off a different bunch of words and they act like, the person knows what they're talking about. And you're like the way you came on and just described everything is like very learning. And I can hopefully explain it to somebody else. Like that's, that's what it is when you, yeah. when you do this interview. It's, it's, I, I absolutely love the brain. I think this whole thing was interesting. I'm, I'm very happy that you came on. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. It was awesome to, to be on. And, and for guests, uh, there's a special uh, bonus discount code. People can receive, 15% off their first neuro health coaching session. If they go to uh, Roscoe's wetsuit neuro.com slash 20, uh, Tim minutes. So yeah, fuck yeah. you can, you can go check out that landing page and you can receive your, your special, uh, special code. And if you sign up for our uh, free newsletter, uh, you can get a bonus PDF that has uh, six steps to better cognitive performance six actionable steps you can take right now that'll help boost your cognitive performance. I love it. It'll be right underneath your uh, screen right here. So that's perfect. They'll see it, hear it. It's love it. 
now it's, end with, now it's end with this. I didn't give you a heads up on this. I usually give people a heads up so they're not stalling. But you said you're, you're getting a little bit quicker on the words. All right. um, and I think I got the answer already because what we were talking about earlier. If like I'm a huge wrestling fan. If if you were you a boxer, MMA fighter, or a wrestler, and you came out, what song would be playing when you came out to the ring? Lose yourself. Yeah, that's Ooh. what it's been like. Yeah, man, that's like I don't care. I don't care when it is. What like if I if I hear that, man, it's like it's go time. Like any any early Eminem. Like I grew up on Eminem. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a per- that's a perfect one. Is that okay? I know what you're talking about. Yep, lose yourself in the. Yep, okay, perfect. That was a big Eminem. Mom's are sweaty. Yep, mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti <laughs> is vomit on his sweater already. <laughs> Absolutely yep. love it. I remember the his first album. I was in middle school and we we all burned it. So it was like a fake. Yeah. It's like when burning CDs was a thing. And I'm like, we're gonna go to jail. You got all scared <laughs> as an eighth grader. Oh yeah, yeah. And then now um, I usually end with this. What are three things that you're grateful for now? That I'm grateful for now, I would say, yeah. mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. definitely, uh, definitely my friends, good friends, you know, like, I think it's, you know, I think it's so, so rare in this world to find like people like who really have your back, no matter what, you know, like those, like, I, like, I call like, like, you know, just a, like a ra- average friend, like, like a kind of a casual, like it's like a glorified acquaintance, right. Where it's a like casual, yep. th- someone, you know, you can go partying with, but it's like when shit hits the fan, they're not going to be there for you. So I'm grateful for the solid real friends that I have. Like that's to me, that's pr- uh, priceless. Um, I'd say I'm grateful for, I'll do one with, with the brain grateful for, for neuroplasticity which is, you know, obviously that like the brain's ability to change and rewire itself. It's it what it's that that principle is what enables all of my all the work that I do. And, all, you know, for it, there wouldn't be any of this neurotechnology if the brain couldn't be changed, couldn't be healed. So grateful for that. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to, to come on your show today. I had a I had a blast doing this. Fuck yeah, dude. Toby, I really appreciate it. Be sure to check out roscoe's wetsuit neuro um toby you are a phenomenal guest thank you for helping me learn now my big head has a little bit bigger of a brain and i thank you for that and toby i love you so much man you take care you as well if you're ever in miami come come uh come visit the 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 uh brain escort i'll be i'll be your i'll be your handler i'll, I'll be the guy in the car with the gun if safe shit gets crazy <laughs> all right toby you have a great one man You as well. Take care. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.